Welcome to St. Mungo's Podcast for the Magically Deprived, where you can get your weekly Potter fix. We will be discussing the Harry Potter series chapter by chapter. If you've read the books previously or are just starting the series for the first time, we hope you enjoy this journey through Harry's adventures at Hogwarts and beyond. Please be aware that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We may at times reference future events, people, or places. Also, there will be adult language and content. So if you have little ones listening, you may want to send them out of the room or listen at another time. Hello, everyone. I'm Joe. I'm Megan. And I'm Serena. This week, we will be discussing Chapter 3 of the Chamber of Secrets, The Burrow. We'll head right over to Serena for the summary. Ron, along with his twin brothers, Fred and George, rescue Harry from the Dursleys in their father's enchanted flying car. Despite Uncle Vernon trying to stop them, they get away and bring him to their home, The Burrow. Mrs. Weasley is very upset with them for taking the car, but she welcomes Harry all the same. He helps the brothers denome the garden and then meets their father, Arthur, over breakfast. So the Weasleys come to kidnap Harry. And I never, ever noticed that when they tie, I don't know, when they tied a rope around the bars to pull it mm-hmm. off the window, that Ron actually puts the bars in the back seat with him. <laughs> I noticed that too. And I was like, how are they all fitting in here with these giant bars? Right? And, and it's I'm- not only the four of them in the car, then they have Hedwig's cage and all of Harry's school things well yeah. do they have well, trunk space in this car yeah i think there's a okay, trunk yeah so then they've it's really just the bars in the back seat that are taking up the room then harry and ron are in there so and I, I, think it, I think it could be possible if, well, the, trun- if the trunks are in the trunk like if <laughs> <laughs> school trunks are in the car trunk then there's definitely room in the back seat yeah I think. some window bars and two adolescent oh. children it doesn't matter how many times I read these books. I always tend to notice, I guess, because the first few times you read it, you're you're more focused on the plot. And then yeah. when you've already know all that's happening, you start focusing on all these little minute things that you missed. And it still makes it so much fun, like, what, 25 years later? So as Harry is escaping out the window, he forgets about Hedwig. And she's like, fuck that, buddy. You're not leaving me here. So she screeches. And then Uncle Vernon hears the commotion and comes in to stop Harry from leaving. And once again, you can't stand this child. Let him go. (laughs) They hate him so much yet they always want him at home. I don't get it. They want to keep him away from the magic. Yeah, they hate magic more. But They hate him, but they hate, exactly, they hate magic more. So they don't want him going over there. I think it's so weird. If I disliked somebody who lived with me that much, I'd be like, don't you have anywhere to be? Like, go, go spend <laughs> the here all yeah, the time. <laughs> exactly. They'd rather have him there so they can ignore him. Probably. I guess just to make him feel like shit, right? Yeah, literally. It's all about power and control. They don't have that over him when he's not there. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Serena. No, go ahead. It might be what you were going to say. I thought it was interesting that um, Fred and George, when they're busting him out, like they go back for his school stuff and they pick the law. And they say a lot of wizards think it's a waste of time knowing this sort of muggle trick, but we feel their skills are worth learning. So I was like, that's really interesting because no other wizard would even think anything like that. And they're a pureblood family. So even more so, like they wouldn't even think about that. That's exactly what I was just going to say that Fred Mm -hmm. and George used the hairpin to unlock Harry's things. And 
Ron does the same thing to let Hedwig out of her cage. Mm -hmm. And the three of them are magic raised and they know how to pick a lock. Whereas Harry does not know how to pick a lock. (laughs) That's fair. But on... On another note here, Fred and George are very mischievous. Harry isn't, right? So he really wouldn't even think of picking a lock. Whereas Fred and George are like, okay, I need to get in here. I can't use magic because that's going to be a dead giveaway. How can I get around this? Because they're clever. I agree. And just a quick note that uh, Ron mentions Percy's owl, whose name is Hermes. And in Greek mythology, Hermes is the divine messenger to the gods. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was cute that they named the owl who delivers messages, Hermes. I like Ron's owl. Oh, pig. (laughs) That comes later, but I don't, is it? Oh, the owl that he's using right now. Oh, Errol. (laughs) (laughs) The one that can barely make a flight. (laughs) Dying. He lands like in the food dish or something. <laughs> Hermione's like, please don't send this owl again. <laughs> She's like, I think another delivery will finish him off. Yeah, like please get a different one. So they land at the borough, which is located in the village of Ottery St. Catchpole, which I looked up. It's not a real place, but there is a place called Ottery St. Mary, which is actually near a real farm called the borough. Oh, interesting. That's super cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Mrs. Weasley scolds the boys for flying Arthur's enchanted car, and then she starts making breakfast. And then I was paying attention to the amount of food that she was passing out. (laughs) She gives Harry three fried eggs and eight or nine sausages. Eight or nine. Yes, it says eight or nine. She has... Five children, plus her and Arthur, at home. Now, they're considered to be poor, whereas the Dursleys are supposed to be well off and have two children at home. And they've never fed Harry this much food. I think she fed him enough at breakfast, like a week worth of food at the Dursleys. Well, probably because Fred and George say that they were starving him. They're starving him, Mom! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so after breakfast, the boys have to go denome the garden. And mom, <laughs> that, I forgot about that. I you forgot about denoming. Yeah. I'm so sad that's not in the movies. Oh my god! I know. Wouldn't that have been funny? Because it's in the video game. It yeah. would. It is. It would have been so funny. So she pulls out a book called Gilderoy Lockhart's Guide to Household Pests, and Fred mentions that Molly fancies Gilderoy. I'm not sure, honestly, as funny as it is. I don't know if I agree with this denoming process. Because you have, I knew you, I have, knew you were going to have a problem with it. <laughs> I'm reading it and I'm like, this is going to be fun. She's going to hate it. And I would absolutely love it. <laughs> it's funny. And I know when I play the video game, like, I think it's hilarious to see how far you can throw them. But you have to spin them by their ankles like a lasso to make them dizzy enough that they don't remember their way back. And Ron throws his gnome, what is it, 20 feet? And Harry throws his 50 feet? They're not dizzy. Their bones are broken. That's why they don't come back. But um, they're clearly not because it didn't take them very long to sneak back into the edge. So they're fine. But my Lord, can you imagine? It reminded me of, do you remember the game on Webkins where you had to like, you were an orange monster with a club and you had to hit these, I don't remember what they were, but they were these little yellow things and you had to club them as far as you could oh my god you just gave me like a flashback yeah yeah so that's what it reminded me of i'm reading it i'm like it's funny but it's not funny poor gnomes (laughs) poor gnomes but like i was thinking about i'm like i'm curious as to what a gnome looks like because like harry said it bit him with his razor sharp teeth and i'm like "Mm." yeah well it looks like our garden gnomes but real 
and they're more like potato head looking i think you said they're bald yeah Yeah. they're bald and they look like potatoes they they say they look like santa clauses honestly i was picturing like when they started describing it i was like they look like mandrakes like that doesn't oh. make sense to me <laughs> <They do. laughs> mandrakes with little well i guess mandrakes have bodies too but yeah. i guess i picture them like like santa but bald with like a beard yeah, like little gremlin things like i think yeah. i don't think they're very big Did yeah they, they can't be ours very big. look like father christmases and theirs don't yeah that's what it said in the book that the ones that we have don't look anything like theirs I could have sworn it said that's what they look like. I'm going to see if I can find it. Muggles have garden gnomes too, you know. Yeah, I've seen those things that they think are gnomes. Like little fat Father Christmases with fishing rods. This is a gnome, he said grimly. Oh, okay. So (laughs) I always thought that he was saying they look like them. So they don't look like them. They don't look like them. It was certainly nothing like Father Christmas. All right. So it's like a potato head with a body. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly I'm like I'm I'm picturing like a sweet potato. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know I think too I have the the ones from the video game in my head, which yeah, Mm -hmm. they don't look like Father Christmas. Video game. The Chamber of Secrets, the one for the PS2. Okay, yeah. That's my favorite one. Yeah, I thought you were talking about like Hogwarts Legacy, and I was like, I just played that entire game and I did not throw a single gnome. (laughs) No, like the the old Chamber of Secrets game. Okay, yeah. I am surprised that Hermione did not start stop the throwing of gnome society. Which... I don't know she knows that they do that because she wasn't there for that. How That's many true. wizarding households even have gnomes? Like, why is that? A, is that a normal thing? Well, I don't think like the Malfoys would have gnomes because they keep no. everything nice well, and clean. They I think manor, right? They don't live. Yeah. In the farm. I think it's just the Dur- um not the Dursleys, sorry, the Weasleys because they just kind of let everything kind of be as it is. Like their yard is a mess. They have mm-hmm. weeds growing. They kind of just let it go naturally. So the gnomes must love it there. I love how much Ron was like, sorry, it's not much, whatever. Like, and Harry's like, no, this is the best house I've ever been to. Yes. Like, I love it so much. And I was like, just rip my face off. It's so cute. Because he feels loved there. Right? He's like, this is not like a garden that the Dursleys would approve of or whatever. And he's like, but I like it. And I think I'm like, I love it so much. Okay, so when Mrs. No, sorry, when Mr. Weasley comes home, he tells them about his day, and there's a little mention of Mundungus Fletcher, who we'll get to know better in book five. What I thought was kind of weird, it says Arthur's clothes are dusty and travel worn. He apparates to and from work. I think they're just old clothes. How are they dusty? Probably from the raids. You think they keep those artifacts in nice, clean rooms? No, they're probably in dusty rooms. It's dusty. Yeah, (laughs) I guess because in my head, I was thinking his, um, it's like his coat. So he wouldn't be wearing it at work. He only wears it when he's going to work and coming from work and he apparates. So how did you get a dusty travel worn cloak? Do you need a coat to apparate? Like you're going from inside to inside. Oh no, but he's at work. So he doesn't actually apparate into work. No, I think... If he works at the ministry, you can't operate into the ministry. You have to do the, the toilet flushing. Toilet, yeah. No, the toilet flushing didn't come into effect until Voldemort took over the ministry. I don't uh, think that the... was a thing before. Mm-hmm. And the phone booth is the visitor's entrance. Oh, I think that... Oh, you know what? Never mind. I think they used the flu. Oh, yeah. So that's probably why he's... Co- okay, that's why he's I mean, dusty. That's why he's dusty. <laughs> but he walked in the front door, so he didn't flew into the house. But you would have to... Mm-hmm. No, 
he would have to use flute powder from somewhere else i think because you they wouldn't have the ministry connected to theirs because don't you have to like connect them or something no i'm a little confused remember when when umbridge was at hogwarts hers was the only fire that was connected to the ministry well at least now i know why his cloak is dusty so yeah. also i thought it was funny <laughs> having a crisis about his dusty cloak. i'm like how did he get dust on his cloak <laughs> I thought it was funny when um Jenny comes down. Yeah. And they say you don't know how weird it is for her to be this shy. She never shuts up normally. But when? I guess because Harry's when we're there, Harry's there. So in front of Harry, she doesn't talk. But when he's not there, then she's talkative. She's never talkative. Well, I find in the later books she gets uh she gets like quite she says things. Yeah. She gets sentences, <laughs> but she's not like so chatty. She says, she says some words. I guess, but you know, when you're home with your family, it's a little more, you know, yeah, I, I know. And she's the only girl. So I could see that she's probably pretty chatty. I could see her and Fred and George just like babbling on <laughs> together all day. Oh, and um, Ron has a pile of comic books called The Adventures of Martin Miggs, the Mad Muggle. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, because we have comic books about superheroes and they yeah, have comic books yeah. about muggles. Yeah. Funny. I was like, that's funny. What I thought, another thing that was interesting, when Ron and Harry are going upstairs, it says they pass Ginny's room on the third floor, and then they go up another two flights of stairs to Ron's room. So that's a five-level home. Why are people always making fun of them, saying they live in a small hovel? That's a big house. It has five floors. Well, it's just, it's big this way. It's tall, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but still, even if it's tall that way, you got to have a few rooms on each floor. So put it all together. That's a lot of space. I guess maybe the way it's put together, because it says... Probably the way it's put together and like the upkeep. It's kind of shabby, right? But I mean, I don't picture it being small. It's five stories. To us muggles, it's probably pretty large. (laughs) (laughs) But like in the wizarding world, I feel like consider Malfoy Manor. That's probably got like hidden passages and like shit like that, right? So They're looking at that and they're like, yeah, that's nothing. In my head, I'm like, you have a five-story home. You're eating like enormous amounts of food. You're living the dream. I don't know why everybody says you're poor. Did did you see? This is not in this chapter, but the next chapter, their bank at Gringotts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have have to say about that. So So do I. So do I. Yeah, I love when Mr. Like when Arthur comes home and he's like, oh, "Did it work? Was there any like, were there any hitches? What happened? Tell me everything." And Molly's like, "Who, oh, Arthur? What the actual hell, dude?" No, he like lies to her, and I like when she he says, "You know that you noticed that there's some loopholes <laughs> in the law." She's like, "You wrote them." I <laughs> know. I was dying. I guess maybe that's where Fred and George get that little their sneakiness from. Yeah, because Arthur is a little sneaky about the way he goes about doing things oh he's so funny man i was laughing so hard reading this i have to say i don't dislike this book and i think i'm liking it more doing it this way but if i had to pick out of the the seven i think this would be my least favorite book but there's a lot that happens in this book that comes full circle in future mm-hmm. books which i really that's what i like about this book like now that we're rereading and rereading you go oh that's what that is and that's mm-hmm. what that is and oh I know, i've heard this person's name before like yeah. an easter egg book yes yeah yeah <laughs> even like mundungus fletcher we just heard he comes yeah. back in book five and um and the fort anglia is going to come back too i also took note like we've talked about this a lot before in the first book but harry does actually say that draco malfoy 
makes Dudley Dursley look like a kind, thoughtful, and sensitive boy. We literally talked about that a lot in the first one. Yeah, because when you see them, like the movie, they downplay so much of certain things. So you don't Mm -hmm. actually see how much Harry's actually abused in the movies. You don't actually see, like, we know that Draco is a horrible person, but reading the books, like, you see just exactly how horrible he really is the books Mm -hmm. they kind of like you know I guess the movies they have limited time so they just kind of skim things but that's what I love about reading the book because you actually see I saw something online I did not fact check it so I don't know if it's true or not but I saw something about them rebooting the Harry Potter series with each book as a tv season it's true okay they should have just fucking done that in the first place because now I'm mad about it because the characters aren't going to be the same so you've already put faces these characters and now you're not bringing them back for this tv series that's what you should have done in the fucking first place yeah. and i'm out and yeah, i saw a tiktok that was talking about like the characters and, what they're and doing be. a tv series would have been easier to leave information in they wouldn't and have had exactly. to omit so many things exactly yeah. which is why they should have done it in the first place and i i have mixed emotions because i'm excited that they're gonna do it and i'm hoping they don't royally screw it up but i'm also apprehensive because i'm like i'm I love the characters that we have and they're going to change. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like it's going to be good because it's HBO. Okay. HBO makes good TV, you know? Yeah, they do. That's that gave me some hope. I'm like, which production company is writing for it? Because if it was the CW, we're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) I think it'll definitely be very different, but I, I think it'll be good. I'm excited. And I love that it will bring like younger children who weren't brought up with Harry Potter. It will bring Mm -hmm. them into the fandom. I also just had a note that we also talked about this last time, but it was confirmed that it says house elves come with big old manors and castles okay. and you wouldn't catch one in the borough. But that's where the outreach program comes into play. Yes, of course. Right? The spew program. <laughs> the spew initiative. Hey, yes. Hermione Granger. <laughs> All right, Megan, we'll head over to you in the Hufflepuff common room for Would You Rather. All right, so in this chapter, we heard about some of the muggle items that get enchanted. My question to you this week is, would you rather thrift a biting kettle or a hostile tea set? This is for us to purchase? Yeah, like it said in the book, you know, that woman, (laughs) she thrifted that antique tea set that left them in the hospital? Yeah, so would you rather go to like a thrift store thinking you're getting a normal tea set, but it's a hostile one, or thinking you're getting a normal kettle, but it's a biting kettle? Okay, I'm going to have a little Slytherin come out in me right now because I'm going to go with the tea set because that's what my company would be drinking from. <laughs> whereas the kettle I would be using most of the time. So I'm going tea set. Okay. Um, I think it's a biting, biting kettle. Yeah. I feel like the biting kettle because the tea set would like throw hot tea and stuff. I feel like I'd rather be bitten than burned. I agree. I'm on Serena's side. I would rather thrift a biting kettle because I think that it would be like, like, I've got a couple cats that live here and they bite like, and it's just kind of like, it's a nuisance at this point. It's like, Leonard, quit biting my fucking toes. (laughs) It would be like that. I'd be like, listen, you fucking kettle. I'm trying to use you. Stop. And then like, it would be fun. And then I could like warn people about it and be like, hey, listen, watch that kettle. It bites. But like, but the kettle, you're the one using the kettle all the time because it's your kettle, right? So I don't use a kettle that much. Oh, I do. I use my kettle every day, so I don't want to get bitten every single day. Whereas a tea set, I'm only pulling out when I have company. I don't know. I get bit every single day by the cats. 
when I literally <laughs> let her like, bite my toes every day. So, like, and then you can name your kettle like a cat yeah, name. Yeah, my know. kettle would 100 have a name. It would be like a pet kettle, yeah. and I'm like, I'm down for having a pet kettle. I think that would be fun. Mr. Tibbles, stop <laughs> that. Stop. That is unnecessary. Let's teach you some manners. All righty. So, homework for next week, please. Homework for next week is to read chapter four at Flourish and Blots. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, leaving us a rating and review would be awesome. And maybe mention us to all of your Potter friends. That brings us to the end of this episode. Join us next week as we continue reading through the Harry Potter series. You can send any questions, comments, or concerns to Podcast at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast. <laughs>